All right, welcome into another edition of Catching Up with Tommy Mack here on 1010XL's podcast platform at 1010XL.com. We are also on uh, Facebook Live. Good morning, Facebook. Don't forget the relevant app. Going through an update right now, so can't get on the app, but uh, check it out. R-E-L-E-V-N-T, the group messaging chat app with live interactive podcasts. Check out some great content all throughout. Of course, everybody's jacked up around here, and it should be in Jacksonville. The first ever Hall of Famer in Tony Baselli. I am honored to call him my teammate and friend. Uh, he was one of the best, no doubt about it. Uh, dominating left tackle, 6'7", 320, 330, could move, very light on his feet, very long hands, or arms, big hands, love to hit you, love to hurt you, love to embarrass you. Uh, perfect. If you molded physically and uh, mentally and emotionally, the perfect left tackle. You could you could use Tony as the form. You could. I mean, you could use others. Don't get me wrong, but he would very much be that perfect left tackle. The way he was built, the way he played, uh, the way he worked at his game. Mo- mo- you know, a lot of people think, "Oh, you're just great. You're just great." No, well, a lot of times the great ones they. They continue to work on their craft to make them even greater, and he was one of those guys. I saw it firsthand. Look, I, it's it, it's it's um it's way overdue. I mean, look, I'll go back. Willie Rofe, Orlando Pace, Jonathan Ogden, and Walter Jones, all left tackles, all during the same era as, as Baselli, all have been in for years now. And Tony's just getting in. Now, you could say, well, he didn't play long enough. Well, I'll I'll bring up Terrell Davis and your argument gets like a clay pigeon. It's gone. Um, There's no reason why Tony shouldn't have been in already. When you look at those three, look. Now, if you want to say, look, I think Walter Jones is pretty close. Willie Rofe. I saw Willie Rofe up close and personal as a a rookie with with the Saints. He was special. But, the you know, Ogden was a great player. So was Pace. They're all great players. I'm not saying that, but Tony was just as good or better than all of them. And uh, congratulations to Tone and his family. Uh, it's a great honor. Um, I'm going to go up. I'm going to try to go up and uh, and celebrate. And that's awesome, man. First one ever, you know. I feel like lately with Doug Peterson and everything going on and Baselli, you know, we're getting back on the map. You know, and I'm not just talking to you off see this is this is big stuff and positive, positive news coming out of Jacksonville for once in a long time, right? So I think it's great all around. Congrats to the fans, the organization, the weavers, the cons, everybody. Uh, because it's a great honor to say that Tony Baselli is now in the Hall of Fame. And now we gotta hey, we need more. Freddie Taylor deserves a argument without a doubt. Jimmy Smith does as well. They've got their own things going against them with lack of Super Bowls, you know, lack of touchdowns maybe, what have you. But I know this. They were game changers. Total game changers. And you want to say you could you could talk to any DB that Jimmy Smith lined up against, and they'll tell you he was one of the guys they feared of getting beat by because he'd blow by you and he'd make you look bad. And then you ask guys who defended Fred Taylor, they'd be like, oh, beast. You know, I think more play, like, if you think about this, now, writers, they got their job. I'm not trying to take anything away from them. But if if Anthony Munoz got in front of the, the, the writers and just said, hey, look, Baselli's the best. He should be in. I mean, you're crazy. 
Wouldn't you just vote him in? You know what I mean? Like, if if players sit there, now granted, there may be a problem because all the players would get in because their boys were like, ah, he's good too. No. But I mean, look, it, it's like, hey, Graham, how you doing, brother? Me and Graham were talking. Hello, sir. How are you? Doing wonderful. Me and Graham were talking before the show and just like, you know, like Pro Bowls seem to be part of the criteria, but Pro Bowls are voted by fans. It's a popularity contest half the time. Now, not to say those Pro Bowlers aren't good players because they are, but there's others that are just as good. You take when Freddie was playing. Freddie's got one Pro Bowl. Well, the popular guys, the Curtis Martins, the Dillons, you know, the Alexanders, those kind of play. Bettis, they they were more popular, so they went to more Pro Bowls, but they weren't better than with, Freddie. With bigger markets that have bigger more markets. people. It, I mean, the I Steelers, just think you players can't that played at the highest level should have more of a say in these kind of things. I'm not saying the writers shouldn't either. The only thing I don't like about the writers is they let per some of them do. I shouldn't blanket statement. That's never correct to do in anything we're talking about. But some of them uh, let the personal side get involved. You saw it with the Hall of Fame in baseball. Never vote him in. No, never. If you voted on just the way he played the game and the stats that he brought to the table, he'd be in. Well, it's Not like based that, on how he treated you. It's like that writer uh, like a month or two ago talking about Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. With his MVP right. voting. I'll never vote for him because of his stance on COVID. That's like, stupid. Like what? Like no. That's that, got nothing to do with it. We're not voting MVP based on COVID stance. We're right. voting MVP based on or anything you playing ball. Other than playing ball. You know? I don't know. I think uh I think they gotta do something. But look again, it's a, it's an awesome honor. I mean it's an awesome honor. And Tony Baselli deserves it, and others deserve it too, and we'll see. Tom Coffin deserves it. He'll get in. Two-time winning Super Bowl. He, Dick Vermeil just got. By the way, I do. I love these connections. So Vermeil Mills, uh, Leroy Butler. Congrats to him. Great safety and from Jacksonville. Uh, Robert Seymour, Bryant Young, two great defensive linemen. I mean, sick. Cliff Branch, oh, number twenty-one for the Raiders. Who doesn't remember Cliff Branch? And then Art McNally, the ref. Uh, two things. Connections. Tried out for the Saints in '93. Sammy Mills was one of the nicest guys I've ever met in my life. He died of cancer, of course, when I think he was only 45. Uh, him and Vaughn Johnson. Ricky Jackson wasn't as nice, <laughs> but he was an outside backer, so it didn't really matter. But Vaughn Johnson and the late Sammy Mills, who's now a Hall of Famer, and deservedly so, was one of the nicest guys. And this, I'm talking about, look, I'm a rookie free agent. I'm low on the totem pole. These two guys, Sam included, are pro bowlers, all pro. They're the top linebackers in the game at the time, or one of the top, especially the tandem. And when they had Swilling, all four of them were considered the best in the entire National Football League. And he would always go out of his way to see if I was okay. Hey, you need anything? You okay? You need you need any you got any questions? Let me know. It's you know, whatever. He was so good. And by the way, Sammy Mills, 5'9, 230. He would put guys 100 pounds bigger than him to their knees. He would drop. That guard would come out. He'd get underneath him and buck them right under the chin. They would fall to their knees. I saw it multiple times. It was incredible the strength that Sammy Mills brought to the table. He was an incredible player and an even greater guy, at least from my experience with him. And then Dick Vermeil, just one of the sweetest men. You know, Dick, what I love about Dick Vermeil. And I learned this from Zach Wiegert, our former uh, offensive lineman who came from the Rams to the Jags in ni- before 99. G- 
great player, great guard. You guys remember him. And he would tell us about the practices that Vermeil would put them through. Three hours, full pads, two-a-days, conditioning. I mean, kill it. He's like, Tommy, I know it's hard here because it was back then with golf, and it was, you know, it was, it was pretty demanding. He's like, because all you would, you would see about Dick Vermeil is he'd be up in front of the, 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 the podium. He'd start crying. He'd be like so emotional about stuff. Like, I'm so proud of these guys. I love these guys and yada, yada, yada. And at the same time, he was hard on them. I mean, it's just, I, I just love that guy. I love, I interviewed Dick Vermeil probably, Coach Vermeil probably four times in my radio career at Radio Row over the years. And he, the one thing he always said, let them know they care. That's the number one key to great leadership. Let them know you care about them and you got a chance. And I, 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 I'm glad he's in too. Hey, two-time, no, one time, but went to the Super Bowl twice. Right? They lost with Philly. He didn't win in Philly, did he? No, he did win one in Philly. Or no, he didn't. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know. That's, that's before So the knowledge. Raiders beat him. I think, I, th- I kind of imagine him winning one. I know you won one with the Rams in, in uh, yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah. back in the day, um, but yeah, we'll have to look that up. Anyway, he's a great coach, great class. I mean, look, you know, um, it is what it is. I'm glad Baselli's in. I'm glad Butler's in, and I'm glad the rest are in. So congrats. You're to talking him. about when he was in Philly? Yeah. They lost to the Raiders, I know, in 1980. Well, the Raiders' first Super Bowl was 17. I think. No, 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 no. Oh, that's that's yeah. that's what I'm thinking of. They no, 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 no. No, 1980. They went they with Ron Jaworski. They went to the Super Bowl and lost to the Raiders. I want to say it was 1980. Don't you look it up? I'm saying their first Super Bowl win was. Oh, first Super Bowl win. Okay, it was 17. Okay, yeah, there you go. But they didn't win, did they? Philly. Oh, they won with Doug Peterson. With Peterson and Foles. Yeah. (laughs) I'm thinking when they played here against the Pats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah, I'm talking about in. Yeah, yeah, Philly's been to a lot of Super Bowls. Yeah, they they, don't really think about it. And they didn't win until (laughs) until Nick Foles. No, right. Right. Unbelievable. Jaworski and McNabb couldn't get it done. I'll tell you what, you you see Doug Peterson putting his staff together. I'll wait and see. I'm not going to get that excited yet, but I'll tell you what, him uh, not only winning the Super Bowl, but keeping that team together for two more years is really impressive. So you see it all the time. Teams break up after Super Bowl victories. Guys get greedy. Guys want more money. Guys get individual. And he kept it all together. And going to the playoffs two years after, that's no easy task whatsoever. So uh, remains to be seen um, how they do. I'm happy, uh, of course, happy about the hire and looking forward to seeing what they can do. Uh, and it looks like his staff has come together. Interesting, he hasn't announced yet, but you see all the reports. Bernie, Bernie Parmalee. The running back coach yeah. being retained, right? Remember, Urban like threw him out of the bus. Like, oh, oh you yeah. Ask. I mean, he was. <laughs> that was so just so weird. That oh, you'd have thing. to ask Bev and Bernie. Yeah, yeah, Bev and you, Bernie. You got to ask Bernie. Shut up. How about them using a joke? Michael Keegan was it? Mike, what's his name? Michael K. Keegan, who was the host last mm-hmm. night for the awards. Uh, from Key and Peel. Yeah, yeah, he's good. He's good. His he, very, literally his joke very about, first joke is yeah, Urban. Urban, Urban's I, playbook. I will say, speaking of speaking of Urban and and Doug and all that yeah. stuff, the bar is super low yeah. because of Urban. Yeah, but it's super refreshing to listen to a coach that is like talking about you know this coach, this player, yeah, blah blah blah, and you can tell he actually knows, knows what he's talking them. about. Yeah. yeah. Like he's actually like yeah. saying yeah. stuff Irwin with would confidence. Forget their name. 
Right. Like, James the running back. Right. <laughs> exactly. What? And it's like, I, like the, the bars, that, that's a low bar, right? Yeah, like yeah. that, that's not the determiner, the determining factor for success. But like, damn, it's really nice to know that going into next year, yeah, he knows my players. coach is not going to think Joe Mixon is on the Texans. No, right. Exactly. Like that was so weird. Yeah, that was the first it. time where I was like, yeah. What? All of it was weird. It's like, yeah, I was watching Bengals film. Why? Yeah. You yeah. play the Texans this week. Yeah, right. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but are yeah. you watching film for no. teams a month down the road? Uh, Maybe, but not, not really. During game not week? Really. Like, that seems odd. But... You might want to look ahead, but you don't want to get too far ahead, you know? Right. Listen, so... Urban doesn't deserve any of our time. I right. Mean, I just, you know. I know. Right. I know. I, look, I... I'm still going to look for six wins that first year. I'm not, you know, don't, there ain't no three-win BS, four-win crap. We got to double it. Well, that double would be eight. So you got to be six to eight your first year. I know it's a high, hey, whatever. That's what you're here to do to win, and hopefully you build the right team. We'll see what happens. All right, Super Bowl 46, 46, 56, LVI. L is 50. Did you know that? Did you know L was 50? I am atrocious at Roman numerals. So, no. <laughs> uh, no. I know X, V, and I. That's what I know. But now we've got L, V, I. You know, it's funny. I've been leaning towards Cincy, and it's weird. We're doing a radio show just a few minutes ago. And during a break, we're, we're going to give our picks the next, the next segment. And during a break, I get this rush of LA's going to blow them out. Like, it's weird. It's like, you know, like those Super Bowls, like you you think they're so tight, and then one team just blows out the other team. That doesn't happen a lot, but when it does, you know what I mean? And I just feel like, I think the defensive line is going to be too much I was, for, for Cincinnati. And I, I, I like the matchups. I do. I think skill-wise, they're pretty close. Not defense to defense, but offense to offense. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they've got... Chase and Higgins and Boyd, that's a good trio. Mate, is it as good as OBJ, Cup, and Van Jefferson? Maybe slightly beneath, but pretty darn close. Higby yeah. and Ozama are the same. And Mixon's better than Akers, in my opinion. I like Akers, although here's my prop bet. Akers fumbles. I bet you Cam Akers Think fumbles so? this game. He's had a fumbling He's issue in the playoffs. Lately. Yeah, he fumbled twice against the Bucs. I know. I know. Yeah. So I, I have a feeling he could be I'm I'm going after the ball when he's yeah. got it in his hands, that's for sure. Back to the point you made a second ago about the defensive line. Yep. In my lifetime watching Super Bowls, one thing that I have pretty I, I feel like I've pr- pretty consistently seen yep. any Super Bowl that is a blowout, usually one defensive line is dominating yep. another offensive oh, line. Oh yeah, totally. Totally. We'll like last back. year was pretty much a blowout, and yep. the Bucks D line was feasting on the Chiefs. It oh, wasn't no even, doubt. wasn't even close. The I mean, a, it was the way Patrick performed was phenomenal, but his line sucked. That sucked. Day. And, I mean, and think about um, uh, Peyton's last game, Broncos Panthers. Yeah. Yep. Cam, Cam was running for his life the whole game. No doubt that game. And yep. There's been there's been others, you know. I'm sure we can do this Listen, all day. But you you go back to the Giants when they had all those great pass rushers, Strahan and yep. Asamanyora and Tuck. I mean, they were really good. I'll go back way back. The '85 Bears. Oh, that yeah. D line, right? Coming from Chicago, my gosh, they were special. Well, back to the and their backers, they were all special they with the team. with the Giants. If the Giants don't have a D line, yeah, a D line like that. The the 07 Patriots go undefeated. I agree. 
Absolutely. Totally. The, the and, reason yeah. and win the whole thing. The, they won that game because yep. they could get to Brady with four. Totally. If you can get to a quarterback oh, like Brady with four, that's, you that's, got a chance. That's hot fudge on a Sunday, baby. Yeah. You know what I mean? I right. mean, that's like the best fudge you've ever tasted when you can get there consistently with four. You know, not many teams. Well, you know what? You got to have the other side. We haven't had the other side. Even T.J. Watt has the other side. Dwight Freeney had Robert Mathis. Right. You know what I mean? You got to have the other side. So well, that we, I'm we sure posted, Doug's working on that. We posted a little thing uh, on Twitter yesterday. Um, is Aaron Donald slash Von Miller the best front seven duo to ever play in a Super Bowl? No, no, I don't know if I could say that. I mean, Aaron Donald, and well, yeah, they're yeah. I don't know. I'd have pretty, to think pretty about damn it. good. Really good. It's one of those no things doubt. where at first really you're good. like, no way, yeah. but then you're like, ah. yeah, depending on who. Yeah, I guess you have to go through the list. You know what I mean? But, but they are there's two some, of the there's top. Some damn good names on that. No they, they might not be. They might no, be. But you know, two, top. three, whatever. They're, they're going to be fun to watch. It's going to be interesting how Cincinnati attacks that. Look. I think you got you got to get Mixon involved in the passing game. I would ride him a ton if I could. Um, I do think uh, you run right at Von Miller. Like, you don't run around him. You don't try to go outside of him. You go right at him and see if you can seal that inside and create a little path there. Um, but I, I just think it's going to be too much. I think they're going to be too loaded. And look, L.A. bought this team. They bought it. They got to win. <laughs> If they don't win, it's a failure. It is. They bought every one of those guys. And guess what? They're not going to be able to keep them all together. Some of them are going to be gone. I mean, they'll redo Stafford. They got to. But he's basically going into his last year. They got to figure him out. OBJ, same thing. You know, you got guys. Von Miller, same deal. I mean, are we? But if you win, it doesn't matter. We tried it in 99. We tried to buy our. I mean, we had a great core. We brought in, you know, the Carnell Lakes of the world thinking this is going to take us over the top. This is going to get us to where we're at, you know, get us to the Super Bowl. And it didn't work. And then what happened? They had to dismantle the whole damn thing for the most part and fix the cap. So the Broncos are still paying for 2015. Totally. You make your run and there's nothing wrong with that. But because to say you're a Lombardi Trophy winner, not everybody gets to say that. So it's worth it. But if they don't win. Big and you know I'm I'm a little you know Stafford he can be forced into some errors you know I like him I like both quarterbacks they're tough quarterbacks I like them both but I I have a feeling L A is going to blow them out on paper they should blow them out do you feel like and I know that doesn't always matter but do you feel like if it's close the Bengals win yes and if it's that that's how I the only way it's close Graham is if the Bengals defense plays like they did in the second half against Kansas City and shuts that passing attack down right and that's going to be really hard to do and to your point I think Mixon has to get going oh he's got to he's a beast now yeah and look number 51 reader for the Rams I've been saying this he's a liability in coverage watch him he he's not a very good cover middle linebacker so if Uzoma, uh, Uzama is healthy, and I hope he is, I guess they're testing him today, him and Higby both questionable. So I hope they both go or they none of them go because then it's, you know, then you're not like, well, we were out without Higby. We were, you know what I mean? Kind of just evens it up because they're both very good and good weapons for their quarterbacks. So I hope they both play because that number 87, I think Higgins is going to be the unsung hero of Cincinnati if they win. 
He's going to have to have a big game. Um, be interesting how uh, the Rams secondary matches up. Do you do you put Ramsey on Chase and double Higgins? Do you double Chase, put Ramsey on Higgins? Higgins is big and fast, man. He's no joke. I'm telling you, I think if the Bengals are smart, they they do what the Rams do with Cup and they move them all over the place. It, it's like like in my opinion, I, I feel like a lot of times the the corner receiver matchup for whatever game is is overrated a lot because it's not like the entire game they're sitting there one on one mano a mano. Yeah, because if you're a smart they offense, to, they, yeah. you, correct. In today's NFL, with how much horizontal pre-snap movement there is, right. if you're a smart create like like the Packers, okay, yep. if you're a smart creative offense with the Packers, why would you ever allow a corner that you know is good, like a Jalen Ramsey, yep. just sit there and have Devonte? No, you're oh, going right. to move Devonte all over the place, right. and you're going to get right. him on on bad matchups. Like, well, and if if it's man to man, and you roll him in motion, you're wearing out that defense. Exactly. I mean, he's got to run with them, and running across the field and then covering. It was like it takes last a few year. Breaths out of the lungs. Let me tell like you. Last year, Rams or Rams Packers in the playoffs. They were playing. They knew they were playing man, so they ran Devontae all the way across the field. Yeah, and Devontae has a clear out, path, man. and Jalen's got to go through all this traffic. Yeah. He beats him there, easy totally. touchdown. Totally. All right, that's going to do it for us. I think the Rams win it. I do. I think uh, if it's close, um, it'll be like twenty four twenty one Cincy, but I don't think it's going to be. I think it's going to be like thirty eight seventeen, the Rams. And uh, look, the year's over. And now we get looking forward to 2022 with our Jacksonville Jaguars. Got some guys that got to come back and be healthy. Quarterback's got to take the step. Got to add some talent. I like the the uh, staff so far. Very offensive-centric, uh, it seems, especially with former quarterback coaches now on the staff, including Doug Peterson. So should be an interesting offseason. All right, I'm out of here. Got to go watch my girls dance this weekend. They got a competition up in Savannah, Georgia. Be watching a game up there, too. You know, these dance competitions, they end on Sundays, like at 5. I'm like, what? What? No. No. What are you talking about? I'm not... So if you drive home, we're going to miss the game. Kind of, right? You're not out of there till 6, and then, you know. No. So we're spending, we're spending the night, Sunday night, in Savannah. Watch the game. Yeah. Hopefully there's a cool Irish pub I can find. That'll be good. All right. Until next time, stay safe, be cool. We'll see you right here on Catching Up with Tommy Mack. I never knew that a kid like me could take his mic around the world.